This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Yankees Magazine Podcast. I'm Hillary Georgie. Joining me is John Schwartz. What's going on? Hi, John. Happy spring-ish. Yeah, happy spring. Nate's not here because Nate is down in Tampa, but we will probably be hearing from him a little bit later in this episode. I hope so. I want to get a report from what's going on down there. Uh, A special spring training report, a remote report from Nathan down in in Florida. Down in the the literal field. Uh, (laughs) So we got the first issue of Yankees Magazine, bright and shiny, yesterday. It is very nice. It looks good. What do you think, John? It's baseball season. It's o- kind almost, of baseball season. Almost. I'm, not I'm not, it's not like, you know, the regular season, but it is a baseball season. That's true. We have a magazine out. People mm-hmm. can read about the Yankees. There are pictures coming in every day. Instagram is literally on fire with all the Yankees players in their oh my Instagram God. stories. Every single time I open it up, it's like 16 new stories. I'm like, do I have time to watch all of these stories? I'll tell you, to this point, one of my observations our new boy, Giancarlo Stanton, he's got a pretty good Instagram game. He He's pretty good, and he's pretty funny. He's, he's got, got he's some got chops. Some, yeah, I like it. I'm okay with it. He's coming into a, a you know, a difficult clubhouse to stand out in mm-hmm. terms of social media. Um, you know, he's there's there's definitely one king who sits up there. Didi is definitely our our main social king, Sir Didi. Uh, Greg Bird, when Greg Bird was on Twitter, was the funniest thing. Um, he's not really on Twitter anymore. No, he deleted it. He hated he, it. He hated he, Twitter. He had a great like two months on it, and then he decided he hated it. Right, but he does every once in a while post a pretty funny Instagram. He's got good showmanship. He really he definitely knows to leave you. Uh, Waiting for him. He's pretty good at it. <laughs> and uh, all the guys, all the guys are pretty good. Glaber is always posting. Glaber's stuff. very earnest. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that? I have. He <laughs> he doesn't really have an edge to his Instagram yet. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if he's going to develop one. <laughs> he's still young. He's got some time. There's some good content out there. Frazier, really like Clint Frazier oh has been God. a mystery all <laughs> offseason. <laughs> Clint Frazier is always an interesting character, and uh, his Instagram is no different. I loved, I loved, I, as anodyne as sim- and as simple and as, you know, rote as Photo Day can be, seeing, like, all the different photographers and the different ways they approached it, I can't wait to see what all of our stuff looks like but the players getting about i think dd was in the yankees on demand photo area taking his own pictures yeah he brought his own camera with him to take his own photo day pictures that's pretty it's pretty fun it really you can have a long argument back and forth one way or the other about whether this is all a net positive or net negative and certainly i think that more people have been harmed by social media than have truly benefited from it but times like this is fun especially when you're you know the 75 degree day yesterday notwithstanding when you're sitting here on just a gray awful day right now but you're seeing laughing baseball players uh down in tampa with games with spring training games starting right. you know, friday it, it makes things pretty cool yeah it's good to see them in pinstripes having fun after a long off season it, it gets you excited again you're like okay we're almost there they're almost back in the bronx but meanwhile i don't know if you saw it, mlb.com's 
Brian Hoke, a friend of the pod, if you will. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. <laughs> um, he uh, posted a picture yesterday outside uh, GMS Field of just like lines waiting to get in People for these are workouts. People amped for this. It is a it's, whole different vibe. It's di- I was going to say, it's different. I mean, we can say all we want about you know, the obvious nature of they have Stanton now. Obviously, that's an exciting thing. They made it within one game of the World Series last year. Obviously, that's an exciting thing. But, I mean, we grew up in a lot of ways, both personally and professionally, with the Yankees being pretty reliably good. This is different. This, this is just like a level of excitement and this real intensity and a need to like explode that I don't recall seeing for and a long I think, time. And I think it's because, first of all, yes, the team is good and they're expected to win. But I think that the, the fans really are endeared by these players. I think the players have earned the respect of the Yankees fans and earned the ability to be liked. They are all pretty likable guys. They're funny. Like you said, a lot of them are earnest and they just want to win. And I think it's contagious. And I think it forms this kind of atmosphere that makes you want to root for them, which is not always something that the Yankees have had going for them. They've been the villains for a long time. And last year, I think they kind of turned that on their head and they were these underdogs. And yes, getting Stanton makes them a little more villainous than they were last year. But I think there's still that same core that people fell in love with last year and are excited about to see succeed again this year. And I think that creates a really fun atmosphere and a really fun energy about the whole team and the whole vibe. I think they will happily take that trip up the Canyon of Heroes and have everyone hate them. I don't think they'll mind for a second having it being the villain again. No. If uh, they're doing a parade in early November. <laughs> no, I think... I think the goal is to be as hated as humanly possible. And CZ has said that. David Robertson, when I talked to him, said that. You'll hear from Tommy Canely today in in the podcast. I did an interview with him, and he said the same thing. He's like, we want people to know that we're, we're gunning for them, and we want to be the favorite. So they love the idea of being hated. You no, know, there was a great thing yesterday. I don't remember which reporter it was but someone was talking to david price in fort myers at red sox camp basically asking about the you know rivalry and he was just like look i know what you want you want us to say it fine we hate them okay does that mean you have you we hate them is this the story you want we hate them and obviously you know everyone got a good laugh he was clearly being sarcastic but at the same time like good yeah you know those the, the yankees and red sox play each other 19 times a season you want those to be 19 really really intense games. intense high pressure the, the whole thing you want it to be meaningful and you want there to be a little bit of hostility because that's what makes it great and that's what makes it fun so i think we're in for it this year you know we uh coming up uh next month you know we talking a lot about your big uh exclusive q a you did with brian cashman mm-hmm. but you know he's got it too like he he has a great quote in there which you know it's somewhat tongue-in-cheek uh Maybe not, but he's just saying like he literally wants every other team to lose, yep. and it doesn't matter what anyone wants to say. But the respect you have for anybody, or the you know friendships you have among general managers, there are thirty general managers, and Brian Cashman wants somehow twenty nine of them to lose, or at least especially the fourteen other American League managers. Right, he, he just he wants them to lose every game. Adamant about it. He doesn't, this isn't, there's time for friendships, there's time for respect and all this stuff. And Cashman himself is well-respected and he's someone who seems to get along and obviously is able to make deals with these other general managers. But this is why you're doing it. You're doing it to put this team in the field. And there's a million things that can go wrong between now and October. And and the game itself, even if they don't go wrong necessarily, the game itself is just, everyone can be healthy and the randomness of the game can still, you know, break this team down. But you can't do better at building a team and, and putting a group together than it seems this group is put together. So, we'll man. see. It's going to be exciting. It's I can't wait for them to get up here. And sometimes, 
who knows maybe magic will happen it, it, it could happen it's happened before like just in this issue this whole year actually we'll be discussing and talking to members of the 1998 Yankees squad which set so many records and won so many games and that whole season was kind of a magical season and you kicked it off with Tina Martinez what was that like what did he have to say about kind of because they came in with pretty high expectations too that 1998 team was incredible the famous baseball saying is that every team is going to win 54 games and every team is going to lose 54 games and it's about what happens in those other 54 games but they didn't lose 54 games no (laughs) so they won the first 54 obviously they won the second 54 and they even won some of the last 54 so it was just such a remarkable team um, he talked a lot about just this idea that, you know, they'd go into a three-game series and they'd win the first game and they'd win the second game and there was never any thought that, like, we'd won the series. A baseball team is going to be really, really good if it wins series. If it just wins two-thirds of its games, you're talking about an exceptionally good baseball team, but that was never what they were doing. I remember I was reading the story and he just said that they hated to lose. They just never wanted to lose. They never wanted to give in. They never wanted to give even an inch. It was always about winning and they were angry when they lost. That team, I don't think you're ever going to see a team succeed in the way that team succeeded again. And obviously it's overdone to some degree when you look at just like the way that roster was built. When you acquire a guy like Scott Brocious, and that turns out to be, you know, the key cog in a lot of ways. I don't think anyone expects that when it happens. But there were a lot of veterans on that team. Derek Jeter was young, but he was already kind of Derek Jeter. You had Bernie. You Jorge had, was just kind of becoming the starter. Yeah, I mean, he was he was barely even a thing yet, but he was there. And Tino, I mean, and one of the most interesting things to me was just the way that, you know, for all the success that he had had replacing Mattingly, which was no sure thing, and he talks a lot about, you know, the ble- how Don gave him his blessing and how that really helped him. But going into that postseason, he was kind of a nightmare. Didn't have much success prior to no, 98. He, I mean, he had been benched, basically, in 96. And, you know, he just not, not much had happened. And there are quotes when I was doing research for it from Tory, just basically, you know, beforehand, just kind of like, shrugging and saying I have no idea what to do but then the way they all talked about that grand slam in game one as being not just the turnaround in a series which is kind of silly to say about game one especially in a series that the team swept but I mean you could see that just the team got a big rise it was like a pace setter kind of but also just seeing that you know Tina Martinez was here right he was you know that this the, all the other stuff was over he's contributing now yeah and, and, and when tino contributed they won <laughs> and that's what happened and now he's in monument park because of it so yeah i mean you can make a really pretty fair argument that he is in monument park because of that at that and that's no knock on him it's just monument park's an incredibly exclusive thing tino martinez had a very good career but it's not like he was a lifelong yankee and yet that at bat i mean is and it's fun to talk to him about it too because you know i mean look the pitch was a strike the the pitch before you mean the pitch before yeah that was called a ball it was called a ball it was a strike i asked him and i thought that maybe i'd get an interesting answer what it's like as that ball crosses the plate and he in my mind obviously realizes it was a strike and then suddenly it's called a ball and he had an interesting answer which was just he watched it go and he thought it was a ball and he can't put himself in a place where like oh, whoops, I just let strike three go by. In his mind, he let a ball go by, and sure enough, it was a ball. And it was a ball, And now he'll, he still kind of maintains that 
it was low and you know it was framed and blah blah. blah. I mean that pitch was a strike. It was right down the middle. I, like it, it was a strike. High. It was a strike. But, but whatever. You know what? That's the thing not is, how it works. You're going to get breaks in baseball, and when you hit a grand slam on the pitch after, I mean. You, that's making the most yeah, of an opportunity. You, <laughs> that's all you can hope to do. It's a, it's a fun Q&A, and I really enjoyed reading it. And Tino, a little fun fact about me, was my favorite player when I was a little kid. So that was kind of my introduction, really, to Tino Martinez was that Grand Slam because I was just – I was I was pretty young. Sorry, John. I was, I was young enough that 1996 was too early for me to really remember. 98 was when all my memories yeah, I was gonna say, I'm, I'm guessing you were young enough that you were probably asleep when it happened and you saw it the next day. Yes. Yeah, okay. I remember I, like, my dad waking me up and I was like, <laughs> did they win? And he was like, Tino Martinez at a grand slam. I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. He's my favorite player. And then that was what I ran with for like, the next five years. You could do worse. I mean, he's a good dude also. Like, it, And where I saw him was actually during the holiday concerts that the Steinbrenner family puts on in Florida, which you can also read about in the spring issue. And, you know, I mean, he's just, you get the sense, you know, not everyone has that moment. But there's something about succeeding with the Yankees that makes you a part of that family forever, kind of. Again, I said, I don't know if Tina Martinez is in Monument Park, if not for that home run. But I bet he's probably still doing things like the holiday concerts with the Steinbrenner family. He is, for someone who did not play that long here, you know, just Tina Martinez, his name, his number 24 on uh, jerseys and anything Mm -hmm. like that. He definitely uh, still has a really big place among Yankees fans right now. And you could see it when he's at the stadium. You could see it when he's, you know, wearing his jersey over a suit down in Tampa, reading Twas the Night Before Christmas. Um, And definitely you see it, you know, when you just watch that video over and over. And it's just such a it's such a memory of the old stadium to me of just that moment. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I think it was good that we let off with Tino. We're going to talk to a lot of the other guys from that team this year. So be on the lookout for those Q&As. We'll have one in every issue. And it's going to be different because, you know, we did kind of do something similar in 96. And it's almost more fun this time because a lot of the same players were there in 96. We're going to try to find some different stories. So we're going to have fun looking back on that year. It's obviously a very, very, very special year. It does not belong as just a piece of the 96, 98, 99, 2000, you know, run. It was really different. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that we're going to get to highlight that this year. Yeah. uh, Something to look forward to for sure. So look for that in the spring issue, which is uh, in subscriber inboxes. Yeah. We're going to have the stories going online right now. It's going to be at retail stores. If you're down in a GMS Field in Tampa, you can pick up a copy of it. If you're at the Yankees Clubhouse stores here in the Bronx, you can get a copy. Look for it. It's it's baseball season. We're starting. And uh, yeah, so it's 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 a good time, guys. It's so exciting. So stick with us. Coming up on this episode, like I said, I talked to Tommy Canley, so I have my interview with him coming up next, and then we're gonna check in with Nate and our editor in chief, Al Sanasiri, who are currently in Tampa reporting for Yankees Magazine see what they have going on down there happy spring everyone happy spring while i was reporting on an upcoming david robertson feature i got tommy keenly on the phone tommy and i talked about a lot he talked about his admiration for david robertson he talked about how excited he was to take part in his first postseason and as a yankee no less he talked about his unique pre and during the game routines and he was open about how excited and amped he was to take part in this season with this specific group of guys here's some of that conversation 
So tell me a little bit about your relationship with Robertson. You were with him in Chicago, you were with him now in New York. So what do you know about him? What do you like about him? I've been around Dave, you know, for the last three years. Well, this will be our third year together. And I mean, he's just, he's a great guy. I mean, I've been around him, you know, like I said, I'm around him 24-7 basically. And I mean, obviously we're going to butt heads every once in a while. And that's basically, he's like my older brother, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems like from the first couple days when I was with the White Sox, he really like took me in as like his and wanted to make me better. So, I mean, it's, it's been fun. I mean, he's, he's a great person. I've, I've actually learned a lot of, a lot off the field and on the field from him. He's been a great leader for me and like the entire bullpen and everybody that's better played around him. It's just, there's, there's so many good words you could use for Dave. It's, it's pretty awesome. Robertson has that nickname, Houdini. He's been in a million different situations, and he always kind of figures his way out of it. What's been an occasion where he's really impressed you? I would actually say this past postseason. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been with him for the last two years, and basically we only used him as our closer, you know, and he'd throw one inning. He'd throw maybe one and a third, one and two thirds. But seeing him this at, towards the end of the season with the Yankees and into the postseason where he would come out and give us three innings. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the most impressive. The adjustments he made and just everything he, about that run and like our last year was probably the most impressive thing I've seen out of Dave. How important is it to have a routine or knowledge that you're always going to be used in a specific situation in a game? Is it hard for you to adjust if you don't know what your role is? I think it's uh, the routine part is definitely very important to me. There's, there's a lot of pitchers. I mean, it's either half and half, I would say. I mean, it's either you have a set routine or some guys do. But I, I do know Robbie has some kind of a set routine. Nothing to where mine is. Mine's kind of OCD-ish. But, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I kind of – he does, like, you know, the same things every day. And just going about your routine is definitely a huge thing. And I think it's one of the more important things with a pitcher – the guys that are always, you know, used to pitching late in games and only pitch late in games. And then next thing you know, they get thrown into like a fifth inning situation or say they're up eight. It's a whole different story or a different situation for some guys. But it seems as if Robbie, it didn't didn't matter at all, mm-hmm. whether it was, you know, seven, nothing, ten, nothing. If we're in a close game in the fifth inning or if we're up two runs in the ninth, it just seems like. He just, he had a plan and he stuck to that plan always. You said you're kind of OCD with your routine. Can you take me through that a little bit? Yeah, I can be pretty anywhere from, let's see, from when I show up to the field all the way until the end to when I'm about to go in the game. But a few things are probably, as I'm done taking a shower, getting ready for the game, I get dressed a certain way. I won't say exactly how but everybody in the clubhouse knows but (laughs) i do it every game let's see what else i usually try to get a little video games in before the game at some point then i will say let's i always have a coffee prior to the game an iced coffee during the game it's pretty set so in the usually in the first inning i'll have a red bull and then the, I want to say, usually the fourth and the fifth, third, through, I'll say third through the fifth 
depends on how the game's going. I'll I'll start stretching. Yeah, so there's I have like a weirdly set routine. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Very strange. Works. Yeah, it's, it's strange. How was it for you to pitch in that postseason? How were you feeling when you were coming into those close games? Um, I was very excited, to be honest, because <laughs> just growing up as a kid and playing baseball forever and, you know, watching all the guys growing up, it was just, you see these guys in the po- the postseason and it just looked like they were having, like, an incredible time. And obviously the fans and the atmospheres looked unbelievable. So me finally being able to participate in a postseason game was one of the most exciting like moments ever. And it was kind of exhilarating being in the bullpen at the time. But then once I got into the games, it, it seemed just like any other game, to be honest. Right. I just, yeah, I use, basically I block everybody out and I just try to focus right on the catcher. When you walk off the field, do you ever notice the loudness of the stadium? Like, does it ever hit you? Oh, it did, yeah. So <laughs> after the innings were over, like our half innings were over and I was done pitching, I got the third out. I could tell how loud the crowd was then, especially after, you know, I got a couple big outs in, in, in the inning and I would show, you know, a, a lot of emotion. And I think it just, at that moment, it just seemed right. Because during the year, I wasn't, I don't get too amped up because I know it's a long season, but to be in the postseason at that time, I think my my excitement and just being in the moment was really was really fun. How much are you looking forward to this season and trying to get back to October, especially with these guys that you have in this bullpen? I'm really looking forward to this season. I mean, I think this is the first season I've ever actually kind of been really, really excited about just knowing that we have this incredible team and there are all these expectations and it's just, we're embracing it. I mean, we love it and we want people to, to, you know, pick us as the favorite. We want, we want this and we just want everybody else to know the other teams out there that we're not, we're not going to, you know, fold and just be like, Oh, we're the team to beat, but we're going to be the guys that are going to work hard every day, just as everybody else. And, we're coming after them as well. How did you prepare for the spring training? And do you know what your role is going to be this year? Or are you going in with like an attitude of, I'm going to pitch whenever I'm going to pitch? Yeah, um, so far I haven't heard anything about a role, which I mean, I'm perfectly fine with because (laughs) (laughs) I'm just glad to be a part of this team. And I tell them all the time, whenever you guys want to use me, I have no, no issue, nothing. All I'm here to do is help this team win and hopefully get to the postseason again, you know, and just enjoy this ride. And I mean, I've really just preparing myself, um, just kind of, I want to get my arm strength back up. I think I'm almost there. I mean, maybe a couple more bullpens or sides and I'm game ready. But besides that, I've really been focusing on uh, my slider and just being able to also maintain my fastball command that I had throughout throughout the season last year. How does it feel just to be playing baseball again? Like, was there a bitter taste in your mouth at the end of last year? Yeah, there, there was definitely a, a bitter, sour, and just, you know, that that salty taste in your mouth. And after the season, it was kind of like, it was, it was tough. I mean, and then coming into the offseason, it was short, so it was almost kind of like a, a quick turnaround. And 
next thing you know, we're, I'm back here and I was down here in Florida and I was, I was getting really excited and amped up. So last year, I noticed you always came in with like a WWE warm up song. Is that your your plan this year? Is that like your thing now? Oh yeah, I think that's that's gonna be my thing now is having a new a song. But as of now, I'm gonna keep the same one that I had riding through the end of last year. Yeah, it worked for you. I think that's yeah, yeah. Good. I like the I like two songs to be honest. There's mm-hmm. two that I'll probably use throughout the whole year. Which two? It's uh so the one I had at the end of last year was Bobby Roode's Glorious. Mm-hmm. And then the beginning of the year, I was using uh, Shinsuke Nakamura's um, song as well. So I'm going to, I'm going to start with the Bobby Roode again, and then we'll see how it goes out. And if I, you know, every once in a while you hit your little rough patch and that's kind of when I start mixing things up with the song. Yeah. You gotta get <laughs> yeah. a different kind of groove. Yeah. I try to find a new groove to find. All right, so we're sitting down here in the Yankees dugout at George M. Steinbrenner Field in Tampa, Florida. Spring training 2018, fully underway. First games of the uh, spring season about to get started here. I'm Nathan Makaborski, executive editor of Yankees Magazine, here with our editor-in-chief, Alfred Santasiri III. And uh, I thought we'd just kind of report from uh, on location down here in Tampa in uh give everybody kind of a feel for what's going on down here and some of the things that we're working on and that they might expect to see uh, in Yankees publications coming up. So obviously 2018, the uh, the excitement is palpable. So Al, from your perspective, you've been down here a few days now. What have you witnessed that has kind of uh, made this spring feel different than in years past for you? Well, I think that's the key word is different because it really does feel different. It's a different vibe there's more excitement kind of to make that a tangible statement is there's more fans here for batting practice you know during the workouts than I've ever seen maybe since Alex Rodriguez's first year it kind of has that type of feel to it just tremendous excitement about the opportunity to watch superstar players not only the best players in the league at this time but some of the best players or the best players in the generation and that's the type of generational feel that this team has to it. With the emergence of Aaron Judge, of course, who hit 52 home runs last year and won the American League Rookie of the Year. And then putting him in the same lineup with Giancarlo Stanton and Gary Sanchez. So I think when people look at this lineup and they look at the opportunity to see Giancarlo Stanton play for the Yankees and be in the same lineup with Aaron Judge, and you're talking about the potential you know, for those two guys to potentially hit over 100 home runs, and that's not something that I'm making up or, or predicting, but it's what happened last year. And obviously, last year wasn't you know, a, a time where they were both at the end of their careers. Quite the opposite. One of them is at the beginning of their career. One of them is really hitting his prime. Second to that, what was really exciting was the energy of the fans cheering for Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton when they took batting practice. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that they took batting practice back-to-back yesterday. And there was a stretch by my count where they hit, I think, 12 balls in a row out of the stadium. Um, I didn't see who was pitching to Giancarlo Stanton. I didn't remember exactly, but um, he was literally just kind of reaching out to pitches that were on the outside part of the plate or and just kind of knocking them over, going the opposite way, knocking them over the right field fence just effortlessly. And then Aaron Judge came in and 
he swung a little bit harder than Giancarlo Stanton. He was getting a bunch of pitches over the middle of the plate. And he was putting them way, 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 way over the left field wall. It was inspiring to watch the two of those guys. Uh, it was. Um, what were the other players on the Yankees doing during that? Because, you know, I spent some time in the clubhouse this morning speaking to some of the guys, and, you know, the excitement that the fans have shown here and, the, you know, the excitement that they have for, for opening day, it's you feel the difference in the, in the clubhouse too. You know, guys are excited about the additions that, you know, particularly with Stan. And I think we're sort of in that they're feeling each other out and, you know, guys are picking each other's brains. They're getting right now as we speak, they're doing a little team building exercise. So guys are getting to know each other off the field and that sort of thing. It's going to kind of remain to be seen the impact that, you know, these additions are going to have on the field in 2018. And I think that's where most of the excitement in the clubhouse stems from. You know, what kind of impact is it going to have on, Brett Gardner and Didi Gregorius and and Gary Sanchez, the fact that now you have the national reigning National League MVP in your lineup, you know, that kind of changes the dynamic wholeheartedly. So did you see uh, guys standing around the batting cage looking on as well uh, during yesterday's session? Yeah, they were. I mean, there were there were a bunch of guys. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned Didi Gregorius because he was one of them. A former player uh, who's a spring training instructor, Nick Swisher, uh, was extremely who's an excitable person to begin with but <laughs> yeah. was extremely excited and watching these guys take batting practice he couldn't get enough of it he was actually bringing other guys over to watch them uh, that's the type of excitement that it uh, you know that it generated uh, this morning Giancarlo Stanton made a tremendous throw and a drill from right field where he uh, made a tremendous throw from right field to third base and Aaron Boone was standing uh, not, not far from a few steps from where we are right now in front of uh, the Yankees dugout between the Yankees dugout and the first baseline and just yelled out you know to him way to go G and you know pumped his fist with, with tremendous excitement and you could even see kind of that how infectious that that star power is uh, that it kind of goes all the way down to the gets all the way down to the manager so yeah. um, you know it was pretty cool it was a neat it's, it's been a neat couple days an exciting couple days, and, and uh, it's it's uh, you know also noteworthy that all of this excitement from this star power of Giancarlo Stanton and on the heels of what Aaron Judge did last year and all this stuff is also also coming on the heels of a season in which the Yankees got one game away, one win away, excuse me, from getting to the World Series. That in and of itself is impressive um, and, and really, I shouldn't even say impressive. It's impressive, but it's promising. Mm-hmm. Even if they did nothing this offseason, just the fact that they were there kind of leads you to feel like they could get that one more win this year if, if people stay healthy and the right things happen. Then you add, really, maybe the best player in the game. It's pretty exciting. It is, and I feel like that postseason run really has serves as, as motivation for guys this year. I mean, they had such an amazing experience playing especially those home games uh, at Yankee Stadium last October that you know that's all still very fresh in everyone's mind they want to get back to that feeling and be able to create more magical moments at Yankee Stadium and and take it a step further hopefully this year I think it's fun to watch in spring training when you have the entire 40-man roster plus all the other non-roster invitees there's obviously a lot of young players who will be in the minor leagues this year to see them kind of take in 
the older players and the veteran. Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed this morning seeing um, Glaber Torres out there in the infield taking some ground balls, and you could just see him sort of picking the brain of whether it was Didi Gregorius or uh, I think it was Willie Randolph who was, you know, working with him. I, I think that's one of the, the cool things about spring training is just the you see the wide-eyed young player. You can see that in their eyes as they do their work down here. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's always a special part of spring training. Uh, we were out here, uh, you, when you and I were out here uh, this morning, it's kind of a fun process. You see these great players, and, you know, um, you don't even know, you're not even able to identify every one of them because everybody's wearing different numbers and all this stuff, and it kind of t- it takes you a second sometimes. But that's the fun part of it. There's so many great players. Again, kind of with the theme of, of what's different this year from other years, What's even more special or even more unique this year is they're not uh, – a, a there's a great group of young players that probably has more talent than the group of young players who have been here for quite some time. Look at who you just were talking about, a guy like Labor Torres. You know, we're not talking about a, a, a second baseman who's working his way up through the minors slowly. This is a rising star. He had a speed bump last year. He hit a speed bump last year with the injury and that an unfortunate injury, and, and that delayed his progress. Uh, otherwise, we might be talking about him in a very, very different light right now. But at the same time, you know, he's a rising star. Uh, he's one. Of, he's been one of the best prospects in the entire game. Uh, the type of a prospect that a general manager would never, ever, ever trade. Uh, as they say, for anything at any time. Well, Theo Epstein had an opportunity to get what he felt was the chip to win him the World Series. It did win him the World Series in in Aroldis Chapman. And so he made that trade. Great for the Yankees. They have Aroldis Chapman back. They have Glaber Torres. But that's the type of prospect you're you're alluding to or that we're talking about. And someone who very well may be the the Yankee second baseman uh, in the very near future. Uh, Who who knows exactly how near that, that future actually is. Um, but exciting to watch him work uh, because he was impressive this morning. No question about it. Yeah. Now, while we were down here, one of our longer days, but certainly one of the more interesting and more fun days that we have down here is photo day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if folks want to check out some of the outtakes or action shots from photo day, they should uh, go on Twitter and take a look at our account at Yanks Magazine. We posted some photos there. Photo day is when we get you know a few moments one on one with each player, and we do a number of different photos with them. So, Al, you've been doing photo day down here for a long time. Can you kind of just for give listeners an idea of what the you know what what's the goal of photo day? You know, what do you from the editor in chief's perspective of Yankees publications? What do you sort of set out to do, and what do you hope to accomplish on photo day? We, you know, we hope to accomplish, uh, you know, getting uh, whether it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, or eight, and I, and I say eight because that's how many issues we have of Yankees Magazine uh, each year. I guess there's seven left because our spring issue just came out. So anywhere between one and seven, correct myself, um, really special portrait photographs uh, that we can use on covers coming up and we're not going to you know we're not going to run seven covers from from photo day uh no question about it but we put we set the bar high not only in terms of quantity but also in quality 
and the uniqueness of those photos, the thing that makes Yankees Magazine special, the thing that makes it stand out, in my opinion, and in the opinions of, of so many people among all the great publications, uh, team publications in sports in North America, in the world, or in the world, is the uniqueness of the content, the behind-the-scenes access. Well, we have tremendous, we have a tremendous team of photographers, uh, Ariel Hecht, Jim Petrozello, photographers that, that do such a tremendous job and are so um, skilled and talented in their craft. And, the, and each of these photographers gets time, devoted time with all the stars that we were just talking about. Jim in the dugout this year, Ari in a, um, in a room in, in, within George M. Steinbrenner Field, you know, that is, uh, you know, lights and, you know, equipment is put together to make these photos stand out. So, you know, we have this tremendous opportunity with these players every, every year and our goal really is to make the most out of it. And just by looking at, kind of looking through the, not looking through the lens, but looking at the images on the back of the cameras, mm-hmm. you could already tell that uh, they did a tremendous job and that we got tremendous photos, whether it's the photos of Gary Sanchez and Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, Didi Gregorius. We got some special um, covers uh, already and ready to go. Uh, this year. Our photographers certainly do do a, uh, an amazing job and the, the thing I like about, I was out there in the dugout at Steinbrenner Field assisting Jim and uh, you know I like how he doesn't just stick with one static photo and do that for every guy who comes out. Dozens and dozens of guys come out throughout the morning and Jim starts off with a couple ideas in mind and he adjusts throughout the day, you know. He takes into account just how guys are kind of uh, reacting when they come out and he switches to adjust with the sunlight as the sun is rising. And so, I mean, at some points he was pulling out a, a Polaroid camera and doing those types of shots. And at other times using different areas of the dugout to stage the photos. So he really gets a wide variety of shots with all the different guys. And fans can look forward to seeing some really, you know, interesting, exclusive, high quality shots in Yankees magazine that were taken down here uh, throughout the entire season. I agree. I agree. Uh, it's, it's, it, that's exactly how it played out. We're not going to have the same type of look on the cover of the magazine with a different player each month. There's going to be a different look, a fresh look. Uh, it's amazing how much heat does in a limited space, <laughs> in limited time and space, or space and time, I should say. Uh, but it's but it's tremendous. Now, I haven't been coming down here for for nearly as long as you have, but the has, reno- an, has anyone? <laughs> been? I don't know. The, uh, the the renovations to this ballpark just in the last two years are really stunning. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this year, fortunately, I'm going to get a chance to stay for a game. In years past, I've always been down here before the games began. So I'm going to take my family around. We're going to you know sample some of the food and everything. Are, are you as impressed as I am with just the change in this ballpark in, in such a short period of time? Yeah, I am. You know, I think um, kind of like the... Uh, you know all the all the, the chefs that were leading this tour were talking about yesterday, or Tony Bruno who runs the operation down here and, and Yankee Global Enterprises uh, talked about. It's become really uh, a spectacular venue for spring training games, spectacular venue for minor league games. The Tampa, the new Tampa Tarpons team <coughs> who plays here, excuse me. It's really become a tremendous venue, and like Tony talked about so many times, really fan friendly. 
um, fun to come to a spring training game here. Yeah. Uh, even if the team wasn't good, and the fact of the matter is they're really good. Mm-hmm. So uh, just impressive, an impressive uh, array of food options, uh, which you know we all ate, I think, too much of yesterday. Um, you know, uh, yeah, just an impressive array of like places to go during mm-hmm. the game. You yeah, know, you don't have to just sit in your seat for nine innings. Mm-hmm. You can really circle the entire ballpark, 360 degrees, and you know, stop in at any number of different little bars and restaurants and vantage points. And there's places to stop and take pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, they really have done a great job of honoring Yankees history and paying homage to you know some of the great players that have come through this organization. Mm-hmm. So. No, I agree. It's it's definitely Yankee Stadium South uh, in in so many ways, and all the good you know they've taken all the you know the best parts of Yankee Stadium and put them into a much smaller ballpark. But you're right. Uh, whether it's the you know the retired numbers of the captains that they have uh, statues of outside, the thing that impressed me the most. You know, I, I'm not you know uh, a big uh, there's people who are more enthusiastic about ballpark fair than I am, I, although the food was delicious yesterday, don't, don't get me wrong, but the thing that I'm most into and most impressed by are the different um, vantage points here that you can watch a game from, whether it's the deck up very up high in left field, whether which I'm looking at, whether it's the deck that's not quite as high as the one in left field, but in, uh, I'm sorry, the one in left field is off to uh, left field in, in foul territory, whether it's the other one in left field looking in at home plate mm-hmm. it's not quite as high but it's an amazing view not just of the, the ballpark and the, the action on the field but also of um, the whole Tampa skyline and everything around it's just a beautiful bird's eye view that you have and maybe the best vantage point is the lowest one of all three that I'm mentioning which is the view from center field uh, there's chairs and the tables and chairs out there, and you can look in and certainly have an opportunity, especially with this team, to catch a home run ball or two. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's great. A lot of great options here. Yeah, so we say that as we're sitting here in the dugout watching the grounds crew water the field. A gorgeous, sunny day in Tampa, Florida, and I know tens of thousands of people are going to come through here this spring and uh, get a, a first glimpse of the 2018 New York Yankees and uh, we'll certainly do our best to, to cover the team from every angle throughout this season. So, Al, thanks for uh, sharing some thoughts about George M. Steinbrenner Field and spring training and uh, we'll be heading back up north real soon here to get uh, get the next issue of Yankees Magazine out to our readers, get that Yankees yearbook cranked out too. So. Yeah, well this was a lot of fun. Uh, talking about something that uh, I'll I'll speak for you too that we're both so excited about the season, the yearbook um, the next couple issues of Yankees Magazine and and all the great content uh, that's going to be in it so thank you all right. All right, guys, that's it for us. Thanks to Alan Nate for reporting down in Tampa for us. Thanks to Tommy Canley for joining us today. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe and rate us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Follow us on Twitter. We're at Yanks Magazine. And look for that spring issue whenever you, uh, if you're down in spring training or in the New York area. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye.